Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Many, many people come to the Lord because they're watching you and me go through the difficult things of life, and yet we still have hope. We still can get through it because God strengthens us. And they're going to say to you, how do you do that? He says, be prepared to give an answer. For the people are saying to you, what's with you? How did you get that hope? And that's when we open the scriptures and talk about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now we do it with gentleness and respect. You know, life is hard. Being a believer in Christ doesn't provide a magic bullet against hardships. Jesus himself told us that we'd have difficulties. He also said right after telling us about having troubles that we should be of good cheer because he's overcome the world. Pastor Mark's teaching today will be about becoming the people that God can use to show others the way that they too can have the peace in trials that we display to them. We'll be reminded that our main job on earth is to make God look good. We can't do that in our own strength. We need God's strength to do that. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 1 Peter chapter 3, with part 3 of his message, How to Do Life Regardless of Circumstances. How do you go through that sickness? You mean your child was born a special needs child and you're not angry and bitter at God? When your spouse walked out, how did you handle that? Well, I can handle it, but God can handle it through me and he can minister to me to live simply different, react different than the world. Now, understand that. I want you to go back to this verse. I want you to put that back up right at the end again. Look at verse 11. And say all kinds of evil against you because of who? Because of Jesus. See, if people persecute you because you're stupid, that's your problem. But what Jesus is saying is, notice, they say all kinds of evil things against you because you're a Christian. Do you know what divides the world? The God doesn't divide the world. Jesus divides the world. Because he's the way, he's the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. See, that's very narrow. That's a narrow road. But that's the only road that gets you to heaven. So we will be persecuted. It's going to happen more and more in our churches, in our individual lives, because of Jesus Christ. That's okay. We can make through. Here's what Jesus is saying at the end. By the way, Peter knew this. 
He was persecuted over and over. Paul was persecuted over and over. We have missionaries all over the world. And I'll give you a story a little later about the same kind of thing. Now, look at this. Write this down this morning. Christ followers will be blessed even when persecuted because we have living hope. Remember the last part of rejoice and be glad because your reward is in heaven. We're going there. It's going to be fine. It's going to be good. Remember, living hope, confident expectation to anticipate the future with pleasure. It's going to happen. Now, here's the issue. When I'm living different with trials and tribulations and persecutions and all kinds of stuff coming to my not perfect because we all struggle with it. But when I'm living differently, the world is looking at work. They're looking. How'd you handle that? What happened? Now, Peter says, because you're a person of influence. And as Jesus said, if you live different, your light will shine. People will notice that there's something different in you. Not better, but different. You have a hope. I don't have hope. How did you get that hope? Here's the answer in the next verse. Look at it. You know this verse, but sometimes we've taken it out of context. Verse 15. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. In other words, God, you're not just my savior. You're my Lord. I obey you. You're, you're my boss. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone. Look at this. Who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Many, many people come to the Lord because they're watching you and me go through the difficult things of life. And yet we still have hope. We still can get through it because God strengthens us. And they're going to say to you, how do you do that? He says, be prepared to give an answer. For the people are saying to you, what's with you? How did you get that hope? And that's when we open the scriptures and talk about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, we do it with gentleness and respect. See, this is how the kingdom of God gets built. People are looking for somebody that has hope in this world. The only people that have hope are Christians. That's you. And so when we live it, we're shouting to them. It's okay. I don't like it either, but it's okay. I'm going to get through it. It's going to happen. Look at verse 16 and 17. Keeping a clear conscience. So those that's, who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ. Remember, your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. In other words, live such a way that our good is spoken evil of. And we didn't do evil. And finally they go, I'm sorry. I slandered you. And then it says this. Verse 17. For it is better if it's God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. I guarantee you that is not on your refrigerator at home. Praise God. Good to suffer for doing good. That's my memory verse for the year. Right there it is. You don't have it there and I don't have it there. But that's the principle that brings lost people to say, how did you do it? Well, I don't do it all the time very well. Sometimes I, I'm just exactly like you. I, I just almost give up and I just, I, I'm struggling. God, is this really the way it's supposed to be in life? But I've learned to overcome that. 
I've learned to overcome that. You see, when Christ is our Lord and we suffer doing right, those unbelievers are absolutely watching because we're not better, but we're different. There was one time, and I'll say this quickly. Linda and I went to China many, many years and taught in the underground church. Can't really go anymore. It's unsafe. And I had a pastor who was an interpreter. And he would go with me from city to city and he'd interpret as I'd teach 15, 20 pastors for a week and how to teach the Bible and those kind of things. And one day I got an email from China. And the person said, Tim, that's the English name that we use for him. He's been put in jail. For doing nothing but good. And he's in prison, in jail. And they've closed his church. He had a church of 200 people. It's a fantastic church. Put barriers around it, close it down. Still closed today, no church. So he's in prison for doing good. It's about there, about four months, three to four months. Well, while he was there, all they fed him basically was cabbage soup every day. That was it. And all kinds of other things I can't even go and tell you this morning because they're just too horrible. Anyway, when he left that prison, the head of the local evil mafia was born again. He came to him and said, how can you be like you are when you didn't? I did all kinds of things wrong. You've done nothing but good. Helping kids, families coming, kids coming to the Lord, people coming to Christ. How can you live like that? And he did exactly what I've been teaching you today. He left. I don't even know what he's doing today because I can't get in contact with him. It's too dangerous. But his church is gone. Can I explain that? No. But when that man came to Christ, do you think the rest of his gangs were watching? Oh, yeah. I don't know what will come of it. But see, that's the principle. When you see that happening. Now, I want to say to you simply this this morning. Let's continue to pray for God to open doors so we can speak. That story I told you is not unfamiliar. You remember Paul and Silas in prison. They got beaten. They sang at midnight. God came and delivered them. And the jailer and his whole family got saved. It's amazing. Now, look at verse 13. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteousness for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. And he was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. Now, what does that mean? Well, it goes back and it says, Peter's saying, I watched myself being jailed and beaten. And I watched that doing good and being suffering for it was okay. Because eventually, I was blessed because God freed me. And he says here, Jesus is our role model. Remember, his whole life, the Roman government, the Jewish leaders were against him. They spoke against him. He did nothing but good. But at the end, he was resurrected. And he was blessed to be at the right hand of the Father. Now, I want you to just look at verse 19 and 20. Just look at the two verses, 19 and 20. I'm not going there this morning because verse 19 and 20, there are at least eight biblical explanations of what it means. Biblical scholars have for the last 2000 years tried to figure out exactly 
what these two verses mean. And most commentators will say these are the two hardest verses in the whole Bible. So what I'm going to do, those eight things, I'm going to unpack them for you over the next four hours. And we're going to, what are you laughing about? I worked really hard at that. No, I'm skipping all over them. But I'm going to show you the summary of what I think happened. And it may not be. See, the questions are this. When did Jesus speak to these people in those verses? What did he say to these people? And who were the people? We have all these ideas. So I'm not confusing you. But remember, Jesus suffered for doing good. Was he blessed? Skip over to verse, if you will, 22. Let me show you how Jesus was blessed very quickly. Who has now gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. You see, Jesus suffered greatly for doing good, yet he was blessed by, number one, being resurrected. He's in heaven today, and he's at the right, if this is God, he's at the right hand of the Father, which is a position of power and authority. He sits there today. Now, how did he suffer and get through all of that stuff? Because he knew where he was going. He was going back to heaven. And he's there today and is interceding for you and me. Now, I'm going to ask you to get your amens ready. Because I want to share with you very quickly what Jesus did on the cross. Remember, we're to look forward. But I look back at what he did on the cross for you and me. So here we go. Number one. Because of the cross and the resurrection, number one, Jesus, I'm going to get ready for many amens now. So get your, <clears throat> clear your throats. Everybody clear your throats. <clears throat> because of the cross and the resurrection, come on, Jesus defeated Satan. Who's your worst enemy today? What is he out for? Steal, kill, destroy. He's a liar. Can't even tell the truth. He's defeated. Come on. He's defeated. Amen. He has no power over you. All he can do is tempt you. But greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. I don't have to live a defeated life. Sometimes I give up. Remember, I have to go turn away from temptation. Number two. He defeated death. Come on. Anybody here afraid of death? I'll be honest. I'm not afraid of death. I'm afraid of how I'm going to die. Are you? Oh, Pastor Mark, I really don't care. You're crazy. (laughs) But I have no fear of death. Why? Because there's a resurrection coming. He has defeated death. Come on. Now, is the world afraid of death? They won't admit it, but they are. Because they're still serving Satan. And that's our third point. Because of the cross and the resurrection, Jesus defeated hell. If you're not going to heaven, I have bad news for you. And I mean it with all my heart. You're destined for hell. There's only two kingdoms and there's only two destinations. You will never ever make it to heaven. Well, Pastor Mark, what do you mean? 
Well, let me just say this. By the end of the service, and I always finish on time, by the end of our services, here we go. You're not supposed to make fun of me. Okay, here we go. By the end of the service, if we walk out the door and the buildings collapse, all of our churches collapse because of an earthquake, ask yourself this question right now. Ten seconds later, where would you be? Well, I hope that's the mark I'm in heaven. You shouldn't hope it. You should know it. And the only way to know it is ask God to forgive you. Well, I'm a good person. Good people don't go to heaven. Only forgiven people go to heaven. Well, I don't believe that. Ten seconds after you're dead, you will believe it. It's too late. Now, I don't say that harshly. I say that with as much passion as I can and love for you. Jesus defeated hell. See, the reason we're here is to get keep hell empty as it can be. And heaven is crowded as it can be. That's why we're here. He defeated hell. You're not going there. Come on. Amen. Here's the last one. And he defeated the grave. The grave. Now, a grave. What is a grave? Pastor Mike, I don't like the grave. Well, in a funeral, what are you going to have up here? You're going to either have some ashes, because I'm going to be cremated. My wife's actually going to take those ashes, put them in the backyard by the rose garden, and when her next husband comes, she's going to say, that was my, that was my first husband there. Don't stand on him. That was my first husband. I'm just joking. Relax. And you say, well, Pastor Mike... I mean, what did you say? The grave? I don't want to be putting that box and down in there. I don't want to be cremated. I get claustrophobia with that box. You're not in the box. Absent from the body. Pre- get ready for an amen. Present with the Lord. Amen. I don't care what they do to my body. I'm already in heaven. How could I not be? Positive. How can I not be an optimist? Because Jesus paid it all. You'll never be defeated following Jesus Christ. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. Now he finishes, Peter does, with baptism. Let me just show you some pictures from a couple weeks ago. Water baptism represents a complete break with our past sinful life. You read in those verses, as the flood wiped out the old world with Noah, only eight people were saved. They got into the ark, picture of salvation. They were saved. Everybody else died. Now, what is water baptism? It's simply a public outward testimony that gives evidence of an inward change that's already happened. Nowhere in the Bible, nowhere does the Bible teach that water baptism saves a person. Salvation is by faith alone, by the blood of Jesus Christ. All I'm doing when I go, when those, if you look at those people, when you see them and they're, they're getting ready to be put under and they're going to come up, that's exactly a picture. I'm identifying with Jesus Christ. He went into the grave with all of our sin and then he was resurrected out right into heaven because he's a different person. He's, he was a person that went to heaven. So when I get water baptized, I'm saying to a world, it's a public stance. I'm going into water. This is the old mark. 
Now you will come up if we don't hold you down too long. You will come up. You will come up. And all you're saying is, I'm already a new person. I asked Jesus Christ into my heart weeks ago. And I am just saying to the world, I'm not the old guy, you know. I'm not perfect, but I'm a better guy because Jesus Christ lives in my heart. Now, a challenge. Water baptism is not an option. It will never save you, but it is a command. And it never fails me after 26 years of teaching that people are saved 20 years, 15 years, 8 years, and decide to get baptized. Good. I'm not making fun of you at all. What are you waiting for? Most people get baptized as soon as they can. Because you know what you're doing? You're doing this to the world. I am taking a public stance. Now, overseas, when that happens, many of them are now... That's a stance. I can tell you in Thailand, you are then kicked out of your Buddhist family. You took a stance for Christ, you're done. Never want to see you again. See, we're making a stance with hardly any risk. We're just saying, I'm a new person. God's already changed me. So I'm going to show the world that I am absolutely dead to my old self and alive to Christ. Let me challenge you to get yourself baptized at the next one we have, if it hasn't. Don't say, I was a Christian 43 years and Pastor Mark condemned me and so I had to get water baptized. Not at all. Just do the right thing. Amen? That's what we do. We're to go into all the world, make disciples, teach them, and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's what we do. One last verse, we're through. Here it is. 1 Peter 3.18. Christ suffered for our sins once for all. It is finished. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. Guaranteed. You're sitting here. I'm glad you're here. But you're not home with God. You see, our sin separates us from the holy God. And if you've never asked Christ to come into your heart, if you've never confessed your sins, then you're not at home with God. But that's why Jesus died. Because God's whole purpose was to have everybody, everyone is created in the image of God. Out here, God wants you to come home. And the only way to do that is to admit you're a sinner and ask God to come in your heart. When you do that, your sins are gone. You get a brand new start. You absolutely have the assurance then that no matter what happens to me, I don't have a fear of death anymore. No matter what happens to me, I'm going home. I'm going home to be with God forever in heaven. There's nothing more comforting than that. That's how I love life. Guaranteed, I know where I'm going. Oh, not because of me, but because of the grace of God and the continuing favor of God. That's the life you want to live regardless of the circumstances. We know where we're going and we're going to be there forever. Pastor Mark reminded us of our need to rely on God's Holy Spirit to become the people God can use to increase His kingdom. We were told that we also need to be ready to explain without conceit about how God has worked in our lives and made us able to handle the junk that life's thrown our way. When we do this, we're modeling Jesus to the world around us. We 
know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This completes Pastor Mark's teaching, How to Do Life Regardless of Circumstances. Next time, we will begin Chapter 4 of 1 Peter, where we'll be taught about a lifestyle that's radically different. We will hear about the contrast between the lives of those without Christ versus those who have become followers of Jesus and the fruit of the differing lifestyles. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team, your lessons for living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. And may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.